Hello and welcome to Mamahood in Real Life, where we have real life conversations. We are here to educate, grow, and laugh together along the way. I'm your host, Alex and Tierney, and we are here today just to have a little chat about Alex having baby number two in just a couple days. So when this is recorded, um, this is pre-baby. When you're hearing it, it'll be post-baby. And my biggest, biggest excitement is to learn whether you're having a girl or a boy. (laughs) I know it's, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. I will be shocked if it's not a boy. Like I thought Clara was going to be a boy. um, But I feel like I thought that because I kind of was like, I want it to be a boy. If that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was like, it's going to be a boy. Um, And then when we had a girl, it was, I was so shocked, but it was like the best thing ever. And now I can't imagine us not having a girl, but I really am just getting boy vibes. And after what Dr. Mana told us about like the way, uh, after like you've had a baby, like I thought Claire was really active. And then after having her and this baby, this baby is like constantly on the move, like just all the time. So, and when she said that, like, she thinks guy, the baby boys move more in the belly. I was like, well, we will find out because this baby has been moving like nonstop. I wonder what the correlation between like how their behavior is in their belly and how they are as human. Like if it actually translates, yeah. If it actually translates or if it's just us putting on the things, because like for me, I had Henry on top and Alex on the bottom and Henry was very similar, like constantly moving, constantly kicking. And it could have just been because he was on top and I could feel him more. I'm not, I'm not sure, but he like now he's definitely like the more vocal child and the more spunky child, but I don't, I'm not really sure. That would have been a good question to ask her. I'm, I'm sure there's not really much science on it. Yeah, I feel like I've heard, you know, how they are in the womb kind of translates a little bit, but I don't know. Clara was wild in my belly and she's wild now. So <laughs> I'm like, only can imagine what this baby's going to be like. Um, but I think the wild, because like I feel like my kids are wild too, is I think that has to do with the environment. Because mm-hmm. we, like, you have a really similar like setup with, you know, parents taking care of them, like grandparents taking care of them and letting them like run a little bit more free, if that makes sense. Like I, um, a cousin of Damien's that I haven't talked about this, but I had heard from someone else, like they were a little bit more concerned about their baby. So like, she's always in pack and plays and like more confined spaces and versus like, we just like let them run around the first floor. We have a baby gate and they go crazy. And they literally yesterday, I was like, all they want to do is like destroy everything. Like just taking, like taking a high chair and just ramming it the wall over and over and over again. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But it's, just, it's the same way. I was like, I think that has a little bit to do with their environment too. And like how we've created it for them. Yeah, Clara has just always been kind of all over and into everything. And that, yeah, here at my parents, at Jordan's mom. So it's definitely been crazy. And then as we like start to prepare, like what will baby two be like? 
obviously they're immobile for so long. Yeah, yeah you have a little while before you have to it's, worry about it. It's like I forget about that. You forget how much they need you. I mean, they still need you when she's only 20 months old, but they they just need you in an entirely different way when it's a newborn. And I'm like trying to prepare for that again of just like, oh, the baby will just like lay with me and, you know, we'll put the baby down and the baby will stay there until mm-hmm. we go back to get the baby. Unlike Clara, who you try to put her somewhere and she'll be She's like, gone no. within two <laughs> seconds. So it's just like all these things that I'm like trying to remind myself of um, because it feels like so long ago, even though it wasn't that long ago. And it's funny, everyone's like, well, it's second baby. So you feel like more prepared. And I'm like, I don't know if I would say that. Like you do forget mamas, if you're listening and you're like in the throes of it, you do forget at the time I was like, I'm never, I'm going to remember every little, like some little thing would happen for like five days. And I was like, I'm never going to forget this. Henry's going to be 20. And I'm going to say like, you know, oh, he did that thing when he was six months old, but you do, you like, I don't remember. Well, that, and like all of the preparation and things that you do for each stage is so different. So like trying to figure out, you know, newborn sleep cycles and feedings and changings and things like that is so different than where we are now. And there's so much knowledge and education and information out there that it's super overwhelming. And so when you're in each stage, there's just so much that you're consuming, I feel like. And so that when you get out of that stage and you go into the next one and as things start to shift, it you kind of forget. Like I was like looking up the other night, um, you know, sleep, sleep schedule kind of things with the newborns and just remembering like what that's like. And I mean, it's really a lot of like, they wake up, you feed them, you let them play, they sleep, they wake up, you feed them, you let them play, sleep, whichever order you choose to do it in. And it's just like crazy how much of it's just like that constant cycle. And then like you get into like three months and then it's a little bit more of like, okay, now what's the nap schedule a little bit more. And then six months is more of a nap schedule and then a year. And it's just so crazy because each stage you feel like, how, how am I going to get through this? Like, what am I, what is it going to be like? And then you get through it and you like miss that stage. Like there's a part of me that I am like starting to get really anxious about newborn stage. Cause it was really challenging for me. Like, but at the same time, it's making me feel very grateful because I'm like starting to get emotional around the fact, like I'll never have that with Clara again. And so it's giving me this like sense of gratitude where I think a lot of times in our culture, it can be like, God, get me out of this stage. Like, get me to the next thing, get me to the next thing. And when we can just pause and actually like, think about like, this will never be again. Like, I, I, I always butcher the saying, but Tierney, we've talked about it before where it's like the days feel long. Do you know what I'm talking about? How does it go? The days are long and the years are short. Yeah. It's like when you're in the thick of whatever stage, it feels like, oh my God, how am I ever going to get out of it? And then once you get through it, you're able to look back and you can 
really like recognize like, wow, we did that. And a part of you, at least for me, kind of mourns that experience that we had. Like, yeah, it was so challenging, the newborn stage with Clara, but like the cuddles that you have and things are just like, it's it. And now we cuddle in a different way, but it's, it makes, it's making me appreciate it more because I'm starting to get emotional. Like I'll never have that with her again. So it's helping me to have a little bit of a different mindset going into baby number two of just like, yes, it's going to be challenging, but also embrace and love the stage with this new baby. Because once you get through that stage, you will not have it again with them kind of a thing. Yeah. And I think it's going to be interesting too, to hear your experience with the one versus two, because now even the stages are going to be different than they were the first time. I mean, I've, I've seen that a lot with other people that I know or how I would think about it if I were pregnant and having another kid, like you're going to probably be baby wearing all the time because Clara's still going to want to go to the park and she's still going to want to do activities and she's Mm -hmm. still going to want to, you know, see your grandparents and her cousins. And so you'll just have to flex. Whereas with her as a baby, you probably were like, well, I know it's the beginning of COVID. You're like, oh, we're just going to stay home. Like people can't come here. You know, now you're gonna be like, well, we don't have that option. We got to go, you know, bring the bottles. But you're not, you're not going to breastfeed, are you this time at all? I am. Oh, you are, you are. Okay. Yeah. 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 And you know a little bit more about your limits. Yeah. So I, my breastfeeding journey with Clara was just, my milk never really fully came in. So we used donor milk at the hospital, which was like amazing um, because it is very expensive. And we tried to do it at home with donor milk for a little bit. And just financially, we were like, this probably isn't going to be what is going to work for us. And so I tried breastfeeding and I did pumping and we did formula. And that was what we did for three months. And then we switched fully to formula. Um, And so I'm going to try again and just see kind of what happens. But I think one piece that I'm like grateful for is I feel more at peace with whatever I end up deciding to do where I had a really hard time with Clara, even though going into it, I was like fed is best and whatever we need to do for our family. There's just this like thick amount of pressure, no matter what, even though I knew in the end, if we did formula or if we did breast milk, she was going to turn out okay. There's just so much pressure around it. And right now I feel like I will be okay if I decide to stop breastfeeding earlier or pumping. Um, But I also feel like sometimes when you're in it, it feels very different. Like right now I can say that because I also felt that with Clara, like I'll do whatever we need to do to feel at peace because Jordan and I were talking about this the whole feeding aspect is like such a toll on the mom's mental health and mental well-being. And for me, like I want to be able to feel really connected with the new baby. And if I'm feeling frustrated or, you know, stressed out, like that isn't going to help our connection. And I want to make sure like I'm showing up as me as best I can. And that's figuring out whatever feeding, um, we decide to do with the baby. 
Yeah, it is. It it's a feeling that's hard to describe until you're in that scenario. Even myself, like when I made the decision that it's like this is not going to happen, we're switching to formula. I you it, even if you're not even putting the guilt of like well, like it's really good for the baby to have breast milk and like it helps them be sick less often and all of that part. And the nutrition is better. And there's a lot of studies about their health, even just the like, I said, I was going to do this. Like I thought I was going to do this. I thought this was going to work and it didn't, it's just that like overall pressure of letting yourself down too. not just like, not just letting your baby down, but letting yourself down of like, I can't do this or I'm not enough. Yeah. And I think that was like one thing that was helpful for me was like flipping that mindset of like, it's okay. And it's going to be okay. And doing what's best for your family and formula now is actually like just as good as breast milk, essentially. Like it's, I mean, I'm, I am not a lactation consultant, so obviously I don't know all of the details, but the way that formula is able to supply and feed and give babies nutrition is a great source for them. And so the more that we can help women to figure out what's going to work for them and their families. And like, sometimes it's like, when you go back to work, like you have to like reassess that. And there's just like a lot of things that come into play. And I think the more we can just support each other in that journey of figuring out what is best for us and our families. That's what the focus needs to be on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. So are you sleeping? I mean, you're only a few days away. Like, no. So I didn't have any insomnia with Clara, but Holy cow, this time the last week I've had, like, I've been waking up at like three in the morning starving. <laughs> so I like go down to the kitchen <laughs> and I'm like snacking out And actually, so, you know, the book, the hungry, hungry caterpillar. Yeah. Someone gave uh, us a book, the hungry, 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 pregnant lady. And Jordan says that now (laughs) that book makes him think of me because I'm like up in the middle of the night, like down in the kitchen, like, what am I going to snack on tonight? What am I going to have? And then I like, cannot go back to bed. So I've been like up Amazon shopping buying things that I don't need. I'm like, Oh, I just bought this shelf for the nursery. Like, sure. Why not? But yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And like, when you were talking about how like the postpartum stage will be different because we already have Clara pregnancy was so different, you know, with the first, I didn't have a baby or toddler running around. So when I felt tired, I would nap. Now when I feel tired, it's like, Oh, well, we have Clara. So I'm like running around with her. So it's a lot of people have been like, is the pregnancy different? Cause they're trying to figure out if I'm having another girl or not. I'm like, it's really hard to know because it's different in the sense. My lifestyle is very different than it was with Clara. Um, cause we have her to run and play around with and, you know, get up with in the morning and different things. So I don't really know if it has been different because everything around me is different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And when baby comes like that whole nap, when the baby nap things is probably going to be almost non-existent when like you also have a toddler, hopefully Jordan will just have to take Claire for a little. I know. Well, that's the other thing. So Jordan only Jordan gets no time off. So he's taking a week of PTO next week to be with us which will be great and then we have family that is willing to like come and help out so we're very very lucky in that sense um but yeah that's like one thing that I I would love for 
our country to be more progressive in having both parents the ability to take time off because when just the mom is able to be home, it makes it hard to feel like this like team dynamic, which it should. We should feel a sense of a team dynamic raising our children. Um, and I am hopeful because there's actually uh, something that's being proposed to Congress for 12 weeks of paid time off in the U.S., male and female, birthing partner or not, which I think would be amazing. Like if everyone could have 12 weeks off and you got to do that with your partner, like as a team, it just changes the dynamic entirely, especially if you already have a kid at home that isn't in school and they're usually hanging out at the house. Like Clara will be with us, but there will be probably some days where I will have my mom or Jordan's mom, who are her normal daycare, take her to just go and play because, so I'm having a scheduled C-section. Clara was a C-section and that was after talking with my doctor, that was what I was advised would make the most sense as to the reason I had a C-section the first time would likely end up happening again. And so we made that decision. And so I'm not going to be able to like physically pick her up for a few weeks. And so having family to come and help is going to be huge because we've got stairs in our house. She can walk up them holding our hand, which is good, but she loves being carried. She loves snuggling. And so it's going to be interesting. And so I wish Jordan could be here to help longer, but I am very grateful and lucky to have family, but I'm hopeful that that new family like maternity leave plan that is being proposed passes because 12 weeks for male and female would be incredible. How many weeks do you have? So I have eight weeks paid and then I am transitioning back for like two to four weeks part-time. So I'll be back fully by 12 weeks, which is going to be really nice. It's really different too, because the last time I came back from maternity leave, we were in the thick of COVID and my job at Alchemy, which is a fitness company, we were coaching from our houses. So I was literally filming classes in my house. I wasn't driving anywhere. I wasn't commuting anywhere. Um, I really was able to like still be with Clara And now that's going to be very different. So we actually made some changes to transition back in part-time, which I think will be huge for future um, women or males that take time off using our maternity leave policy or parental leave policy. You know, it was, I agree with everything that you were talking about, about like the partnership. So Damien got 12 full weeks off. And I mean, it was a godsend. It really was for us. We not, we took it together. I mean, he could have delayed his, but we took it together with the two babies. And I know that people often delay it. And I get why they do it. Childcare costs or convenience of childcare, even, you know, if one person takes however many months and then the next take it. But my biggest suggestion really biggest suggestion is if both partners can have that ability to do that and can take it at the same time, it is leaps and bounds for your relationship as a couple. I mean, at first, you know, the first few weeks you're, it's foggy, especially as a first time parent, you're figuring it out. But as the time went on, like, and neither of us worked, like we really had the time off, 
which is crazy because he was working so much before and after leave that they actually gave him like 12 weeks of uninterrupted time off. But our relationship grew because we had so many conversations over that 12 weeks. I mean, we would just go for long walks all the time, you know, babies trying to get them to sleep. And we had so many conversations of like our future and our kids' future and like our values and what we wanted to instill in them and what we wanted to make sure that like we held on to. And so for our marriage, it helped like leaps and bounds because we'd never really spent that much like uninterrupted time together really ever. Um, you know, we started dating in college, but so if you count college, but aside from that, you know, we were always in our working adult life. So it, it really is, it, it does make a huge difference. And you have the full partnership with kids, like at the end and even in the halfway, like I can trust him. 100%, if not better than like, I can trust myself with being boys because he knows how to do absolutely everything that I can do. Like, I mean, he's not that great of a cook, but other than that, like he can do absolutely everything else and like fully understand the process and what it takes. And that it was a huge game changer to like be able to do it together. It was also big for my mental health because I wasn't alone at home with two kids. He's at work all day. Then he comes home from work. He's tired from work. I'm tired from the kids. Like it is, it is really difficult when you're in that, in that situation. Yeah. That's why I'm really hopeful that this will pass because I think it, it'll help make a big shift in our culture around the idea of like the mom taking on the, the load where it's like, it is, it is, it should be split, you know? And I think too, a good conversation to have is like stay at home moms. Like that is a full-time job and maternity leave, if not not more (laughs) truly and maternity leave. Like it's funny. Like I feel people don't really understand how much you're doing the entire time. Like people are like, Oh, enjoy your time off. It's like, it is not time off. Like (laughs) you are literally trying to keep a human alive and figure out like who they are you're it's the weirdest thing meeting your baby for the first time because it's like I don't know you but I love you so much and I'm gonna take such good care of you and we're gonna like ride out this wild wave together but it, it is not time off you are doing stuff the entire time while also healing your own body and I think that's a really important thing to talk about because I've been thinking a lot about this of, okay, well, the baby's going to be here also like physically, like, how am I going to feel after the C-section? Like the pain last time after was pretty awful for me. I ended up having high blood pressure postpartum. So I was in the hospital longer and I'm just like thinking about all these things and I'm trying to like, let them go. Um, but I, there's part of me that is really anxious about that of like, okay, I'm so excited to meet my baby, but then like physically after and how like we as a culture, like celebrate the pregnant body. But then like, once you have your baby, it's like, see ya. And like, as a woman, you feel so badass when you're pregnant and then you have your baby and it's like, you look in the mirror and you don't know yourself almost is kind of like how you feel like and you have to kind of like for me I had to pep talk like 
you're badass. Like you, I remember I posted the photo of me like three days postpartum, still at a bump, wearing a diaper at the hospital. And I wrote about the quote, you can do hard things from Glennon Doyle. And like, that was like my pep talk to myself of like, you're still beautiful. You're amazing. You can do hard things. You birthed a child. Like your pregnant body is just as awesome as your postpartum body. And that's like a real thing that I'm trying to like get into that mindset of, of like loving myself, because I think that's a huge, huge struggle for women as we navigate postpartum, because we are so celebrated as we're pregnant and then you have the baby and it really shifts. And I think we need to remind ourselves that same body that birthed the baby and is now healing postpartum is just as incredible. And I'm saying this to anybody listening just as much as I'm saying it to myself right now, because I think that's a really, really important thing to remember. Like we can do fucking hard things, excuse my language, but we can. And like, it's cool that we grew this human in our body. And then after, as our body heals, like be kind to yourself because it's going to take time. Like I hate this idea around like the bounce back. And when people like comment on my body postpartum of like, Oh my God, you look so great for just having a baby. Like when people say that to people, I'm like, (laughs) okay, thank you. Like why is backhanded comment? Like, right. But if you didn't just have a baby, you actually really don't look that. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, why do we even have to comment on a woman's body after they have birth? Like it could literally be like, you are so strong for just birthing that child. Like, I just don't think we need to, we need to let go of this idea around the bounce back. And instead just like let women experience their journey without this pressure that society puts on them of like, okay, well now you have a baby. So like, get your body back. Like, let's go. Yeah. Well, and part of it too, I think is even, even as a mom, but reminding ourselves that when we see other new moms that like, it's not all like, it's really good to ask about the baby, obviously, but like ask about the mom and not just how are you sleeping? Like, that's always the, like, are you sleeping? I mean, honest to God, I was at the grocery store yesterday and the somehow, you know, they always ask at Trader Joe's like, what are you up to this weekend? Stuff like that. And then I, he's like, how old are your kids? And I said like one month or one year old twins. And he goes, Oh, well, I bet you're not sleeping. And I was like, wait, how is this still a topic? Like they're a year old. I'm, we're all sleeping. Everything's good. Enough with the sleeping. Like I think people just mom. don't, people just don't know what to say. And I think it is true. It's the more we can talk about this stuff of asking someone, how are you? Like, what can I do for you? And especially in those postpartum days, like, would you like me to drop a meal? Um, do you want me to come over and like watch the kids so you can take a hot shower? Like little things like that. Um, because that is a cultural thing where we just like fall back onto like the negatives of like, Oh, you must be so exhausted or you must be this. And it's like, well, ask someone, how are you? Let them tell you, let them express you. And they might, they might lay it on. I don't know. It depends how close you are to that. Like be prepared. Emotions <laughs> might come up. Um, but I, I think that is really important. And that's something that I've just been thinking a lot about is like that postpartum stage, because it is really challenging, but it's also really beautiful. And so 
letting myself be kind as I heal physically and trying to stay like in a good mental headspace. And so something that I have been doing, like in the last like two weeks, I've been doing this like meditation class that's on Sundays and I love it. And so I was thinking about that. I'm like, I'm going to do a meditation in the morning, like the morning that we go in. I was going to ask, I was going to say, so what's your like plan since it's scheduled? I mean, I have a scheduled C-section, but I didn't make it to it. So like, I didn't get to the point where, yeah. and the doctor legitimately told me, so I, mine was supposed to be at eight and she's like, well, we can do eight, nine or 10. Um, some people, some people prefer to do, you know, one or the other. And she said, you know, just last week I had a woman who did her pellet, who Pelotons right before her scheduled C-section. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I just said to Jordan, actually, I was like, we could have done later then I could have got a workout in before. <laughs> um, but then I, I obviously was like, but you can't eat before. So (laughs) I was like, the earlier one's better for me. Um, Yeah, I think I'm going to do a meditation in the morning. And And earlier is better because then you can't get pushed. Yeah, Yeah, I'm the first one. We're the first first one of the day. So yeah, it's weird. Like we're going to go to bed on Wednesday night knowing that tomorrow we're going to wake up and meet our baby. And ben, I'm going to air quote, you're going to go to bed. That's the thing. I, I know if I would have had it scheduled, I would have gotten a great night's sleep beforehand. And Damien's like, no, you wouldn't have gotten a great night's sleep. No. And I was talking with my neighbor whose wife had an unplanned one and then had two scheduled after. And they were like, it's like Christmas, but with like anxiety and nerves and excitement. And like, you don't really know what to do with yourself because you know that like everything changes in the morning. And it's like, that's really how I feel. Like I'm so excited to meet the baby, but there's a part of me that is like so anxious about the after. And I've just been trying to like process that. Actually, I am someone I like to share my experiences and emotions. And so I was going back and like reading what I wrote about in the postpartum stages with Clara. And it's just so interesting because I felt so challenged during that time. And that time feels so long ago, but it wasn't like, she's not even two. So it's just so as I'm like getting ready, what I'm trying to do is just honestly, like lean into the things that have helped me to feel really strong because having Clara has like shaped me where I feel like I'm a totally different woman than I was when I had her. And I feel more empowered and inspired and strong and like more grounded in myself. And so leaning into those practices, like doing the meditation, doing the breathwork stuff that I've been doing and like having like some mantras for myself, like coming back to like the, you can do hard things because it is going to be challenging, but it's going to be so wonderful and getting to meet our baby and then like have Clara meet the baby. I cannot wait to see what that is like and our families. And so there's a lot of excitement, a lot of nerves, like knowing that knowing it's scheduled, I thought for sure. And the baby still could come early, but I thought for sure the baby is going to come early just because we had it planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what happened to me yeah. and, and figuring out like which one of those can actually help you maybe fall asleep. Like it's the weirdest thing, but when I have a hard time falling asleep, I pray and I always get like the first part of my prayers. And then I wake up and I was like, Oh, that worked again. Like it, it is just something that works. Like I still get 
a prayer in so it's just like using it but it, but it, it works like that it's like calming and and it's yeah kind of like a meditation so figuring out like definitely taking a tub letting your head run definitely taking a tub Wednesday night (laughs) wake up meditate Thursday morning maybe have Jordan will Clara will Clara be already out of your house on Wednesday night so Wednesday night we're gonna put her down at my in-laws which will be really sad (laughs) I've been getting very (laughs) emotional like we've been doing bedtime together and she like loves to sing to the baby and talk to the baby and it's so funny she doesn't really understand she knows there's a baby in mommy's belly but doesn't really know what's going on and she it's been like so fun to just like snuggle with her and stuff at night so I definitely feel like I'll probably cry when we like leave her on Wednesday but yeah I don't know it's it's been interesting like preparing for baby number two and like everyone's like well you know like you've done it and I don't feel that way at all I'm like (laughs) yeah we have but it feels so long ago and I feel like it's just going to be like relearning it. And my husband and I are not, we are not planners. Like we don't have, we just brought the bassinet up. We packed our hospital bags yesterday. <laughs> um, oh, Damien didn't uh, literally the morning. Or, so like my water broke in the middle of the night and I woke up and it, uh, long story short, the babies were supposed to be born on his birthday, which is also Alex's birthday. Yep. And um, I, so I woke him up because I was like, oh my, I think my water just broke. And I was like, oh, Damien, bad news. My water broke. Bad news because it wasn't on his birthday. And he, he comes into the bathroom and I like can't get, I like keep running back to the toilet because it's like the water is like dripping down. And he goes, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and I go, pack a bag. Like he didn't even have a bag packed. So that makes me feel better. Oh I mean, my gosh. I have one, but- yeah, we so we did that. We list like asked other people, like, what do you think we should get? Like, what are things that we're forgetting? Cause we're definitely forgetting stuff. And yeah. What's in your bag. We have all the, all the comfy pajamas that button and unbutton. Um, I have like an essential oil roller. I'm bringing my eye mask this time. I'm bringing slippers this time. Cause I mean, I love the hospital socks but I will bring slippers to walk around bringing our sound machine, which last time I just kept playing it on my phone and now we're actually bringing it, which is genius. Uh, We're going to bring pillows for Jordan (laughs) and myself (laughs) and like a robe, shampoo, conditioner, you know, the the essentials, like as if you were going to stay at a friend's house. Um, what else? Snacks. Obviously, I'm obviously a big snack person. And so with- I don't, I don't know. So when I went into labor, it was very COVID protocol. So we weren't even allowed to leave the room. Yep. Damien could leave at the time. He could leave the hospital and come back, but only Damien was allowed. Um, and so one night he, uh, there was a big food mishap and he had to go to Devani's pizza place and, and bring in food that the hospital actually paid for. Um, and then one day my friend dropped off cardigan donuts for us in the morning and he like went down and grabbed them. But aside from that, like I wasn't, I never left the room and they were rushing people out. Like if you were having a baby that day, like in a natural way, I mean, they were sending people home same day. So like, is there, like, are, do they know how long, if all goes well, do they think you're going to be there two nights? Um, Saturday would be the earliest that I would leave the doctor said. So, and 
Jordan can be the only one that comes. He can only leave once a day. They said we could walk likely around as long as we're masked. So there's still very much protocol for COVID, which is a bummer. I like love having family there. I know most people like to just like be alone. Um, but so none of our family will get to come. So I'm trying to see if I can get like a room to hold the baby up, like Lion King style and be like, Oh, I was on like the sixth floor. Here they are. <laughs> I was on the second floor last time and we faced the other building. So I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm like super excited. I think my emotions are just kind of like all over, but I've just been telling everybody, just send us some good vibes. 7.30 Thursday, as we get ready to welcome baby Z into the world. And I'm excited to record this now as I'm like, hyping myself up and I'm like getting into that mental state and then like re-record after <laughs> yeah we're gonna how- we'll fit in to your schedule we'll wait a week but we'll yeah fit into your- but it'll we'll just be good time. to like see like how am I feeling like what are what are things that are going well what were the challenges you know like the thick of it and for me like I said I like to share how I'm feeling emotionally and physically and I think the more that we can do that, it just helps other people to navigate all that yeah. journey. Yeah. It's, it's all going to come together. It's just fun to hear those details too. Cause I'm sure if you're listening and you're trying to prepare for like what your experience might be like and what to bring in your bag. And I will you, I didn't bring an eye mask and that is a really good one because there's like lights in the rooms that just don't. Yeah. Turn off. Yeah. Ours are all of our lights turned off, but like during the daytime, if I want to like oh, close sure. my eyes, I feel like I will say if you are pregnant and are not scheduling your birth, um, the biggest piece of advice that I will tell you, and I think we already talked about this with Dr. Mama, is to let go as much as you can around the idea of a due date, because I think it's like three to 4% of babies are born on their due date. It's a gas date. And when someone told me that, that was like, the best thing I could have ever heard because we put so much pressure on this one specific date, but the likelihood you'll actually have your baby on that date is like so slim. So trying to allow yourself to just let that go. And I think taking that mindset with you in every part of the motherhood journey, like let it go, lean in, know that it's your journey. It's nobody else's. And at the end of the day, make the decision that feels true to you and what's best for your family. I totally agree. And I, I guess I should clarify when I said that the babies were coming on the, on the 17th, that was my scheduled C-section day. And the doctors were really convinced I was not going to go early. Um, and I still went early, but with twins, with any types of multiples, um, you never know. So it is one of those things where everyone should always know that like it's an entire process is flexible. And at the end of the day, you just want what's going to be happy, healthy, and the smoothest way through for you, for baby, for your entire family. Well, Alex, we are so excited for baby Z number two to join us on our next podcast, because I'm sure we'll have a little he or she uh, maybe crying in the background. So question, one last question for you. So do you have names ready for both genders? We do. If it is a boy, it will be Griffin. Okay. And if it's a girl, um, Charlie is our top choice right now, short for Charlotte. 
Um, yeah, my my friend from college. That's literally what she named her baby. Really? Charlie, Charlie, yeah, L E Y. But then, like a few weeks ago, I saw the name Sienna, and I really, really like that. And Jordan's like, "Well, if we have a girl, we can wait till we see her, and then." decide what we think but it had been charlie literally up until like two weeks ago for sure and i still feel like that's what it will be but yeah charlie or griffin i i love that that's what do you if okay so if griffin if it's a boy and it's griffin what is it gonna be like griff or what are you gonna yeah we could call him griff griff would I mean, be you his say nickname. Dordo and Alex yeah obviously you griff, griff would probably be his nickname if we yeah. like shorten it oh, at all so cute. yeah yeah we're excited it's gonna be so fun so fun. soon Okay, well, fun. Okay, so stay tuned. I'll stay tuned. I'll be waiting for my text message. I'm just kidding. Yes. Yep. <laughs> well, <laughs> everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed listening to us gab about all things end of pregnancy, early postpartum. We are so happy you're along on this journey. Um, and don't forget to like, hit like, share, comment, subscribe, do all the things. Um, like and follow us on Facebook at Embolden Mama. And uh, I think that's about it. So have a great rest of your day. Hi, everybody. Thank you.